Hello, everybody. Welcome to part two of this massive episode 43 of Sparks and Rec. Uh, as you may have noted, the main focus was wonderfully interrupted by our own Sammy Scrapforce Parsons when he unplugged his microphone during the podcast recording, which caused some sort of massive error that, you know, destroyed everything. Now, it didn't destroy everything, but it did end our discussion early. But you know what? It might have been a blessing in disguise because we needed a good break anyway. Uh, this part of the episode picks up with kind of a wrap-up of the main focus. We'll move into the uh, monthly meta mashup uh, led by Filterphobe, and then do a quick community roundup and tap it or scrap it. Enjoy part two of this massive episode of Sparks and Recreation. All right, everybody, welcome back after our scheduled interlude here, which was um, actually not scheduled, nor was it an interlude. It was an interruption caused by SAC Force's um, uh, actions. I'm, not, I'm still not sure what happened. He unplugged something and the whole uh, recording and video. <laughs> yeah, the, the lesson, my friends, is don't unplug your mic in the middle of a podcast. Go figure. I just yeah, I mean, really wanted to listen. I had to use the restroom and I wanted to listen so I could come back seamlessly and know what was happening. Uh, but I didn't think about seams. Seamless? Yeah. No. Seamful. Yeah. It was seamful. The, right. the other right. yeah. yeah. The other unfortunate side effect of um, Sam unplugging his microphone is that Tim was vaporized in the process somehow. He, <laughs> yes. he just was completely erased from existence and he's gone now. No, just kidding. Tim was getting, it was getting late for Tim. He's got an early morning. So he just had to bail. He sent his best to everybody. Uh, so now we're down to four until Sam unplugs his microphone again. And then we might be down to less than that, but we'll see. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to keep, we're going to keep, uh, y'all better behave or else I'm going <laughs> to unplug my microphone and leave. <laughs> I, I will say this is going to be so much fun to edit and stitch all of the stuff, uh, together later. Uh, throwing Man, on you the took video the day on top off, of right? You got yeah, the sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. I don't know. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, just to wrap up the, where we left off, we were talking about the fighter ability, uh, Tim had basically said what, all that he wanted to say, but I just wanted to say one more thing about the whirling blow. Um, this was wor- uh, Wise Wizards game game's attempt to uh, make the fighter a little more viable against uh, f- uh, clerics and other uh, champion-heavy builds. It doesn't work because it's so easy to play around. All you have to do is just not have guards, and then it's basically w- completely worthless. So, yeah. which, which shows, and I think Filtro, you talked about this too, that the bard is a little bit like this too. When you have a, or it's not really like this, but when you have an ability that's reliant on a certain game state, it makes that character much weaker, right? For the bard, it's, it's a market right. state uh, where, but for the uh, fighter, it's actually the state, depending on what your opponent does. And if your opponent just never buys guards, that whole, uh, your whole ability is just completely garbage yeah. now, except for the two draw, but. The, the difference yep. between the two of them is that Bard's ability is if I get this off, I can win the game on turn two. And the fighter's ability is if my opponent makes a big mistake on turn 30, I might win the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well said. Yeah. And it's a maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, the other thing I think it would be remiss for us not to mention about the fighter skill or ability tree is that you can refer to this as the blow tree because all of the <laughs> all wow. of the choices end in the word blow. So this is the blow tree. Wow. There's only one good choice when you are traversing the blow tree, my friends. Go to Sam, the right. Please unplug your mic again. <laughs> no, no, don't. don't you got to re- you have to rely on me. The listeners are Man. counting on me. My friends, okay, to talk gee, like this. About, I forgot about the <laughs> blow tree. Thanks for bringing it back. Um, all right, Here guys. I, thought, uh, I got one quick thing, Jake. Sorry to step on you a little bit there, but um, I don't think it came up yet that you can use your devastating blow to trigger throwing axe, right? We got to mention that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That, I often um, use yeah. it for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So throwing axe, um, you know, if you have over seven combat, uh, when you play it, you will draw a card so you can activate your devastating blow to ensure that you'll draw a card for throwing axe, which will help you get a gold. Unless, of course, there's a shield bear in your deck, in which case you're guaranteed to draw the shield bear. Always Am will. I right? Yes. Uh, just a joke there, of course. But uh, yeah, play the odds carefully and know that the game likes to give you shield bear in those situations. But yep. yeah, that's the only other spot you want to um, I wanted to call out there for the. All right the blow tree as it were <laughs> yes um all right let's keep them rolling and head into the monthly meta mashup oh, i'm so excited I think this is just going to keep going so we can probably start talking. Anytime you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when does it end? It's very it's like, nice. It used to be an eight bar like section and it just kept looping. <laughs> yep. Like I did, I did, I did like, the, I did the um, conductor cut like twice during that and it just kept going. <laughs> didn't, didn't. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've got my own theme music. How exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, monthly meta mashup. Uh, yeah, we, since the last time I was on the podcast, we had the release of the Monk class. Um, and as much as the Monk was released the first time we did the monthly meta mashup, it had 30 games or something. So it only just released when we'd gone and done the data. So this time we're looking at every game on the Monk patch and nothing more. So, uh, whenever we get games from Hero Helper, there's always a game version tag. So I figured out which game version had Monk on it by just searching for monk um and yeah so we've recorded every single game on the monk patch um so this is every game that started after that patch and every game that was completed within about five or six days of the update being pushed um so maybe there's some games that are still going from the monk patch but you know we've got most they won't be included To clarify, then, the Monk nerf and the other, like, the really long list of changes that happened not that long ago, those games are excluded from this data set. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay, cool. We don't have a single game from before Monk existed. We don't have a single game since it got nerfed. Um, They are excluded from the data set. That's great. Cool. And, uh, yeah, let's let's start off with the headliner, uh, the Human Monk. it's probably the most overpowered thing that exists in Hero Realms. Um, it's the only way to describe it. Uh, 75% <laughs> win rate at level 14. Um, wow. For a it human. doesn't have a single matchup below 50%. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think Druid, when it released, was like 
60 to 65 or something, right, Sam? Mm-hmm. You might remember that. Um, I don't have a memory, but it was Bob pretty Everett. good. All the things <laughs> that were released, are, the Alchemist, when it still had like draw one, discard one for the, the potions. Yeah. yeah, there was, they all come out strong. They'll come out hot. I, I, think all, I all think they came out in the 60s or something, though. Monk has come out at 75, and Monk has also right. come out with Ancestries in production. Um, and Ancestries are substantially better than non-Ancestries when you also look yeah. at the win rates, which we'll get to shortly. So Monk has achieved the highest win rate in the highest power format that we've ever seen. So it's you can just probably say it's the most overpowered thing that's ever existed in Hero Realms at this point, and it's... Not really. I can't really see anyone making an argument against it. It's just that good. Um, yep. Yeah. I think it's fair. Yeah. So seventy-five percent win rate on the monk. It's also the most played cl- class on the patch. Um, yeah. So, Which makes sense. This is the new hotness, and it's yeah. doing really well. So people want to play it. Can you give a quick rundown of what you think made the monk so powerful? What led to it being so good here? Wait, um, I've got a quick answer before Filter goes and gives the real answer. Yeah. Uh, the monk has draw, it has heal, and it has damage. Everything that you need to destroy people. And, and basically, <laughs> also, uh, not not just choosing things from your discard pile, but choosing things from your deck when you need them. So it basically has the flexibility yeah. to give you whatever you need for whatever situation comes up. Sorry. Uh, I will also ahead. add to that. That monk also has economy if you build it in a certain way. So there's a way to play monk, which is the way that I was playing it, um, where you're a little best, little less all in on the damage, but then you also have economy. So you're playing, you know, when you look at all these other classes, that you've got healing, you've got economy, you've got draw, and you've got um, damage. Most classes have three or anywhere between one to three of those factors. Monk has all four, and it's the only class that does. Wizard is probably the closest to Monk in terms of having all of those factors. Its healing is a bit conditional, um, and that and its damage is also a bit conditional. Um, however, it's got those other two, and that's what makes Wizard so good that it has it has draw and it has economy in its base deck, uh, and then it also has access to healing and damage. Um, but Monk just has all four of those things. There's nothing it doesn't do except Ready sacrifice. To go itself like it's market so independent independent of what yeah. comes on the market yeah cool. just um pop your towel and you go <laughs> yeah pop your towel <laughs> yeah i, I played town 40k so it's pretty funny when i saw that come out um nice <laughs> yeah. Those, yeah, are those so, the egyptian ones is that, i don't want to get things off track uh forget uh, space I collectivist cows um <laughs> yeah but yeah, so that's Monk. It's warped the meta around it, to say the least. Um, there was a long time there where you either had to play Monk, play something that beats Monk, or if you play something that loses to Monk, you're beating the things that beat Monk. Uh, and beat Monk is a loose term here. Um, so <laughs> uh, we may as well look at its matchups, I guess. That's probably a good place to go. I'm just going to plot the spreadsheet now. Um, yeah, come on. So I'll wait at the bottom. Alrighty, so does anyone want to take a guess and say what is the best win rate into Monk? What class has the best chance of beating Monk? <laughs> Ogre Fighter. No. Mm, I, I would I I, I'd one, say uh, some some sort of wizard would be my guess. Wizard. I think it's um, a human the wizard. Is, the answer is cleric. Um 
Ah, oh. cleric. <laughs> cleric is the best class against monk because there's a lot of there are a lot of people playing aggro monk. Um, mm. And if you are playing aggro monk, it's the same. It's the same thing we're seeing the fire barbarian. Uh, if you're playing Stars aggro monk, as much as the aggro monk has a better chance to transition to the late game, um, you know the the cleric still just naturally has a counter to the monk kit. <laughs> Uh, and when we say counter, the cleric had a fifty had a forty five percent win rate against Monk, and that's the best you get. Um, so <laughs> right, right, yeah, which isn't wow. good, yeah, but it's the best out yeah. of everybody. Wow, crazy stuff. Um, other highlights are Small Folk Thief um, that was doing particularly well, um, and Human Bard had a thirty four percent win rate, and that's number three. Uh, so that's what we're looking at here. The third best answer to Monk has a 34% win rate against it. Uh, so wow. that's, it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's the power level we're sitting at here, but it's cleric in particularly ancestry clerics did much better. Uh, half demon is most of the sample. Uh, human cleric had a 60, had a 40% win rate against mm-hmm. Monk. Um, so small folk thief also had a 40%, uh, small folk thief actually has 50% win rate against Monk. So that's doing well. Um, okay. and yeah, then Barbarian, sorry, Bard had a 34% and everything else loses. Um, Small Folk What's the, what's the worst win rate? Ooh, what do you think? Worst the worst win rate, rate against? Druid. Uh, small Folk second, Fighter. That's the second worst. Uh, small their, Folk let's Fighter. Let's Ranger. Small um, Folk Fighter. <laughs> is it even on the list? The Monk? Oh, yeah. So there's two games of Small Folk Fighter versus Monk. And the monk one because no one plays it. <laughs> yeah, so we can ignore that. It is. Yeah, it is the worst one, um, right? Zero percent. <laughs> yeah, zero percent. There's a few zero percents through there. Like you know, you've got your small folk ranger, your orc wizards, and your ogre wizards. Like, why are people playing those? I don't know. But they're games that have been recorded, and when we go across them, there's total like ten games played between all of them. Um, but yeah, uh, human druid uh, has played against monk eleven times and won a single time. Brutal. That is number two. Human Necromancer has played against Monk 31 times, and if I'm doing my head math correctly, has won twice. <laughs> oh my gosh. For a 6% win rate. Nice. Um, oh Damn, son. Yeah, so... Damn, son. Necromancer, uh, spoiler warning, has the lowest win rate in the game out of uh, all of the beta classes uh, on this patch, and it's not mm. even close. Um... It does have a better win rate than human fighter and human cleric on the patch, um, in specifically in the beta environment, but it is by far the weakest beta class on the patch. Uh, yeah, so that's what human monk is. Um, small folk wizard, uh, actually, now that I'm looking at it again, the monk won, um, the small folk wizard wins 36% of the time, so it's about the same as Bard. Um, but yeah, pretty much all other iterations, versions of any character you can think of Monk's 75% win rate is either that or better against it. Um, yeah, it's just absurd how strong it is. It's nerfs. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll have to see how the nerfs go. I haven't actually played Monk since the patch. Um, so for viewers but who may that's not what's, followed. That's what's so cool about doing this on a monthly basis and being able to isolate it to specific time periods. We can look at the nerf and have our own side of the data of course wise wizards has their own which is more expansive and they have their own goals and ways of looking at it but like for us now when we come back to this in a month we can be like okay what's changed with the monks Mm -hmm. so definitely 
like very clearly presented how dominant it is. Is there anything more we want to talk about the human monk or should we take it into the next tier of characters? Um, yeah, sorry. Just another thing we might bring up about the data generally. Uh, when we're looking at win rates, we're looking at level 13 and 14 games only. So this is games where both players have a Sorry, either player is playing at level 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wise Wizard, I think they look at level 1 to 14 generally when they make their balancing decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And also I've excluded mirrors from the win rates. Uh, so Monk's 75% win rate would be lower if we included the Monk mirror because the Monk mirror is always going to be 50%. Um, right. So, yeah. Cool. Um, cool. All right. The second highest win rate on the patch. It's a newcomer. Mm. It's a small folk thief. Hmm. Um, so the small folk thief, realistically, gets to exist on beta because it doesn't get absolutely dumpstered by monk. Um, having a fifty percent win rate against monk, and also just small folks. When we look like you, you look at all the ancestries on the slower classes, so your wizards, your thieves, and your clerics, small folk is just the best ancestry across all three of them. Um, sorry, I, I'll take that back for cleric. We haven't. There's not enough small folk cleric games to make a call on that yet. But small folk thief and small folk wizard are the best way to play those classes. Um, and small folk thief was doing really well in the patch because it maintained a good matchup against monk, uh, and it's just generally good across the field beyond that. So that's where that one's sitting. Uh, small so folk wizard, that, yeah. I was going to just chime in. Like one of the big downsides of small folk is how squishy it is, but lift is extremely powerful at yeah. um, providing that stability. So do you think that's why the small folk thief is so strong? That like ability to offset what is normally a big weakness? Uh, yeah. Every time I played ladder monk versus small folk thief, I'm pretty sure it was 50% from my own games. Um, and every single small folk thief I saw was running lift. And that's yeah single-handedly why that matchup was fine. Sam? Interesting. Yeah, I think it's the... The ability at thirteen or four, well, at fourteen, to be able to increase your health a little bit, and then also most people who are running a small folk are probably running lift too, for sure. But I will. I just wanted to say, actually, the thing the reason I raised my hand was that it's so fun to play small folk because you're always on like the edge. You're like, okay, I better heal. I better use my ability. I be- and maybe that's it. Maybe that's part of why it wins is because like it really forces you to have. Uh, ability discipline where you're really like or I should say skill discipline where you're really popping your skill very often maybe more so often than you would otherwise um, you really are with with small folk it's it's so fun I love it and there's but some yeah. great interactions with uh, burgle plus smooth heist right isn't that still a thing too so and good and you that have awesome out. awesome factioning with friendly banter so Okay, very cool to see. I have not rolled up a small folk thief yet, but I'm feeling very uh, inspired to work on that one soon because it seems to me like in the presence of the nerf to the monk, that leaves small folk thief primed for a round of dominance in this next uh, new meta that we have. Yeah. I will give a little um, a little bug tip real quick. If you are in the early levels when you still have the um, heist that steals from your opponent, make sure if you have played Burgle and you want to use your heist, you buy something from the market first. Because for whatever reason, the heist cancels the Burgle minus one discount from the market. If you use the it heist, says your next, it says your next purchase, and it's counting that 
as, as your next yeah. purchase. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't give you the sense. discount on your on your enemy's deck either, which is so you definitely want to buy from the market first. <laughs> from what I understood, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, that 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 makes sense with how the card reads, even if it's not necessarily the most intuitive thing. So, yeah. good shout out. That's for yeah, people uh, that read the cards, dude. Come on, <laughs> I just I just play it. The spirit yeah, of the um, card of what it should do. <laughs> Small folk thief was a sixty six percent win rate on the patch, so it's doing well. Mm, quite well yeah um i love it so in the 55 to 60 percent win rate range we have the small folk wizard the half demon thief and the human bard um nice so, so small folk wizard uh it was doing really well last patch it's continued this patch um the main reason why it continues its win it's now it's now overtaken the half demon wizard in terms of win rate uh and that's pretty much if you look at the stats it's Basically, the half demon wizard just folds over and dies to mug. Um, so, and this was, is the it, patch where the where the bard got buffed, major buffs yeah. too. The four major buffs, yeah. Okay, yeah. That, that so tracks. bard buffs definitely helped as well. Uh, half demon thief, again. What were we gonna say? It's got lift. It's gonna do well against mug. Uh, and well, it's not quite doing as well as small folk because I imagine the interaction of you know discounting your cards into a smooth heist and then the hide giving you that extra turn against aggro. Um, it's like they've got a lot of things going on that improve on the thief kit uh, and having a naturally favored matchup against monk which is the most popular patch on the class uh, most popular class on the patch um, will help to keep your win rates up yeah human bard um, also up there buffs definitely worked maybe a little too much we'll have to see Um, I think my perspective on the bard maintains the same it's really good if you get an early champion early. If you get a good champion nice and early in the game, you feel great. If the market row is full of actions that you don't really care about and you're playing against aggro, just you're done. You may as well... The only thing stopping me conceding is that unsportsmanlike warning that pops up. Um, <laughs> yeah, some of those games, are, you may as well just quit on turn one. Um, yeah. 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 Which is unfortunate. Like yeah. yeah. But, yep. you know, and I. I don't want to bird tail or bird walk too much into this, but how how could you change the bard so it wasn't so market dependent? And do we want to change it? Maybe it's cool to have one market dependent, but it's and we're going to talk a little bit about this after Filtro goes through the rest of the data here. But there's something I almost think some about. some market manipulation, some more market manipulation. Mm. I know it has a little bit of sacrificing an action, but maybe getting mm. one more card in the deck where it does that. So that like mm. you are a market dependent class, but you have more ways to interact with the market is kind of where my mind goes. Yeah. Yeah. How about a pull a random X cost card from the market deck that you don't know, but you know, it's going to be a five cost. Or something. It sounds great for like, digital, but impossible to implement or unrealistic to implement for paper. But I love the idea for digital. It's a very cool space they yeah. could explore. Yeah, the um, bard is fun though. The, the main thing is bard is still fun to play, but it can it can seem a little predetermined debate depending on the game setup. You know, which is to me so cool. But. Let's throw it back to the early thing where we were talking about monk. The uh, things that make a good starting deck. You've got damage, healing, draw, and econ. Bard has zero of those unless it gets a champion into play that fixes one or two of those holes. Mm-hmm. The Bard deck has absolutely nothing in it. It is full of one gold cards that do 
nothing unless something happens. Um, it's got no damage. It's got no healing. It's sitting dead in the water unless something explosive happens on those early turns. So yep. the only way I see Bard ever becoming a balanced class is a complete rework to the starting deck, which involves putting damage cards into it. Um, you have you probably have to do a full rework of the mm-hmm. tales, if I'm going to be honest, uh, the songs, because those hyper additional those cards are too specific to balance around effectively. Um, when they work, they work too well, and when they don't work, which is most of the they time, do nothing. They, just, yeah. they do nothing. So that's kind of that's the bard. That's the bard in that's the bard in a nutshell, though, right? When it works, yeah. it fireworks at supernovas, and when it doesn't, it's just dead in the water right out. Yeah, of the gate. and it's in my right. opinion, it's all built off the starting deck. Um, the ability yeah. and the skill has to be that strong to counteract how bad the starting deck is. Yeah, I just don't think that's a healthy position for. Deck design or for a character design, no. but anyway, all right, keep keep them rolling. Filter, yeah, what else um, we got? got three more above fifty percent. Uh, so now in the fifty to fifty-five, we've got the human alchemist, the half demon cleric, and the elf thief. So thief's continuing to do well. I assume every single one of them's been running lift at this point. Um, mm. Half demon cleric, um, it's just the best way to play cleric. And again, this it really does count a monk. Um, and nice. I've seen Rucksack piloting it a lot on ladder, so I imagine that has also helped its win rate. Uh, and Fueling the win rate as the pilot. <laughs> the Rucksack yeah. effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, I have. I have looked. I did look specifically at the win rate when Rucksack is piling piloting the half demon cleric, and it's not enough that it's single handedly propelling its win rate above fifty. So other people are having success with it. I will add that much. It's not just. Well, and I would say like it's the people that like playing cleric at, because they're good at it that are choosing to level up a half demon one and wade into a queue that they know is full of monks. You know, so yeah, yeah. right. I, I think it makes sense. And yet, human alchemist uh, is still doing really well. So this is the highest class, highest non monk, non ancestry class. Sorry, but we skip bard. Sorry, um, but I think that, and I talked to Jake about this off pod. Alchemist is going to be broken in half when it gets small folk, is my opinion. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's because it's going of to the the new meta, the new menace, the friendly, friendly banter. banter. Yeah, yeah friendly, friendly banter, banter is... the draw. Uh, basically, well, human alchemist is so strong as a human; it can it, it basically can hold its ground against most of the ancestries already, just as a human, which says a lot. Uh, right. Once you give it the extra flexibility of the ancestries, especially small folk, I think it's just gonna it's gonna break the matrix. Because yeah, um, we've always compared alchemist to wizard. If we filter for just the beta environment, alchemist has a twenty percent higher win rate than wizard. So wow. we can see what, and a twenty percent higher win rate than thief. We've seen what happens when we get small folk and half demon, which are super synergistic for both of those classes because they help fill a gap that they don't already have. Um, I, I argue that those gaps that they add to the alchemist class impact the alchemist even more than they do wizard and thief. Um, so it could, I think yeah. it's, I think alchemist is going to be very strong when ancestries come in. Yeah. Totally it's also agree. pretty interesting to look at this and see, I mean, elf made an appearance, but really for the ancestries, you're getting small folk and the uh, half demon. So it's really just showing what the benefit of having that draw extra econ or the econ the discount if you will uh or the scrap that that you can get from half demon is giving you it's pretty awesome and it's it's a good thing to keep in mind when you're building your deck right if there's something you can get 
that can totally. accentuate the that. The built-in yeah. Necros also is not to be overlooked for half demon. Just having that built-in yeah. red faction adds a lot of necro. Huge. Or yeah. adds a lot of aggro, excuse me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, Bard Code of Encores will be able to return that half demon action to hand. Mm. Oh, really? Out. So that'll be a fun interaction. Yeah, because it's a trigger on ally ability. And the okay. ally ability on the half demon action is return this to your hand for next turn. That's cool. Yeah. Interesting. That'll be cool. Yeah, it's going to be will never miss if it so chooses. Any, that's probably a fair way down the line at this point. I was going to yeah. add, yeah, I don't want to be like a downer on the situation, but I feel like we're like years away from beta classes having ancestries. Well, no, they're already test. They're already testing it in the alpha group, you know, because we've seen Are some they? reports of running. Yeah, people have run yeah, into Rob's, necro ancestry. Rob's been running half demon oh. necromancy for months now. Remember, yeah. that's hilarious. So you know, you're right. Doing. I forgot about that yeah. a little bit, but. I guess. Be doing it. Wow. It's an incredible they, amount of they, art assets that they need for yeah, that. But. And they want to do the level up. They want to do the 16, 18, 20, 24 first, I think. Uh, or at least that's what they're prioritizing. It sounded like when Rob had his interview with Larry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, we'll just jump into the 45s and 50s. So we've got 45, 50. We've got two in here. They're both wizards. We have half demon and elf. Um, so. Elf Wizard's gone down a little bit. Half Demon Wizard has gone down a lot. Um, Half Demon Wizard is probably just suffering from the Monk matchup specifically. It was... Right. Half Demon Wizard was up top of the meta, but um, with the release of Monk, its win rate has plummeted, um, and Elf has maintained a pretty similar standing in the meta. Um, at the moment, I tend to find only dedicated Elf players are playing Elf. The play rate for Elf is much lower than Half Demon and Small Folk. Um, so... They right. just... With the way they adjusted the starting hand to be minus two now, it just is so brutal to get off the ground in yeah. those early turns. It even if it still plays okay, which is what the data shows here, it has like a a feel bad to it almost that I would guess uh, has lent itself to players not going for it as much. Yeah, and the other thing that's a little nerf, bit. Go ahead. Sorry. sorry. Even before the elf nerf, half demon and small folk had higher win rates on wizard. Anyway, so sure. kind of weird. They yeah. touched Elf and didn't touch the other two. The hmm. uh, I was going to say the other thing that's interesting about Elf is that I find I am really economy starved because I do want to use those draws, but they're it's expensive, um, and so having that Elven gift every once in a while is great, but I I still tend to want to like do that draw more often. Maybe it's just me and I'm bad at piloting the Elf at the moment. I need to learn learn it better, but. It makes it hard to make some purchases sometimes. So yeah, I think I think maybe I need to just mm-hmm. like load front load a little econ so I can afford the draws and still buy something. Yeah, it, you're definitely right there. It's much more of a late game engine than an early you know mid game sort of thing. Once you've got your cards yeah. out, it's really good, but you need to get to those cards for it to matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the forty to forty five, we have the trio of ancestry fighters. Uh, the Ogre, the Dwarf, and the Orc. Um, all of their win rates have fallen substantially. If you remember the last meta mashup, they're yeah. all 60 plus. Um, the proliferation the of Ancestry f- Clerics, uh, Ancestry Thieves, and the Monk has absolutely tanked their win rates. Um, so wow. we're now living in we're now living in the post Ancestry Fighter world, in my opinion. Um, even with monk nerfs, I doubt we'll see them return to prominence too much, unless the barbarian win rate, unless the barbarian play rate really spikes off, because fighter still beats barbarian as a general 
uh, rule of thumb. Um, yeah, we're going to continue to see their win rates <clears throat> stay pretty low just because they lose to the now rampant small folk thief in particular. Uh, path, you know, ancestry clerics all over the place, and yeah, Monk naturally counters them just because it has healing in its class. Yeah. Yeah, and then human druid. It's in the forty to forty-five range. What's wow. it doing as here? As, what's, as, what's as much as we talk smack, as much yeah. as we talk smack, what? it's still better than all the OGs without ancestry. <laughs> That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. It's also got the lowest play rate out of every single class. Um, so its data might be skewed a little bit. Um, What's yeah, it people beating? People do not like playing Druid. Huh? What's it beating? Um, I don't even remember. The problem is the data is so small that the matchups are too un... Uh, reading into the matchups is probably a bit too unreliable. Um, I see. Where is it? Human Druid. Um... So its two most common matchups were Wizard <clears throat> and Monk, um, and it had losing matchups into both of them. So it's probably just doing well into a lot of the other stuff, but the Wizard and Ma- okay. Monk matchup was so terrible that it's kind of, and also the most common. Everything else, Got there's it. not really any reason to look at it. Okay. These numbers are I'm very surprised by the next, the next row. I'm very surprised by one of your, your entries in the next row. I don't want to take it away from you, though. The 30 to 40? Let's uh, head that way if you want. Yeah, so the 30 40, we've got human wizard, human thief, human barbarian, and dwarf thief. So Mm. uh, dwarf thief is on the same win rate as human thief. It's play rate a little bit lower. Um, So it's a side grade, effectively. I personally think it's a downgrade. I think the win rate is a little bit lower. um, But the tier list kind of removes that nuance. Uh, And yeah. Then we've got the Human Wizard, Human Thief, the strongest of the OGs. Uh, they are not great in the beta environment, uh, all things considered. Uh, yeah, and win rates. And the reason is because they're they're facing off against betas and ancestries. I mean, they're handicapped, yeah. basically, right? Yeah. Right. If we were looking, and it's important to think, like, if we were looking at uh, the production app, or, sorry, Filter, what do you call it in your write-up? I forget what we we have names for uh, I just say public, because production makes it seem a bit too tech. Okay, public. Okay, <laughs> the public version. <laughs> retail um, is a good term, too, because it's like the retail yeah. version of the... Okay, app. retail is another way. It, okay, it, anyways, like, the obviously the win rates for Human Wizard and Human Thief are going to be much higher in the retail slash uh, yeah, public version. Yeah, they are. But, yeah, this is specifically filtered for beta-only games. Game. Yeah. So this is yeah. Human yeah, Wizard, Yeah, just wanted to Thief. clarify that. Playing against anything that's not a human OG. Um, so when we're looking at this 30 to 40, human wizard versus human thief is excluded from the, the win rates. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sam, you had something you wanted to bring up. I'm surprised by the human wizard. I thought the human wizard was going to be stronger than that, honestly, because they were doing really good. I think, to, to Matt's point, that this is beta only, but it's just the, right. the monk buzzsaw. There's, they can't, they can't, Stand up to that. Yeah, you know what really loses to Monk? Human Wizard. Yeah, Um, (laughs) exactly. Tanks its win rate because it has to play against Monks. Um, It also loses to Ancestry uh, Wizards and Ancestry Thieves. So, of course, its win rate's going to go down because the Ancestry is just better. Um, Yep. Yeah. So, I just want to I, I, I want to highlight the human barbarian right now at the spot because we are going to see a big change the next time uh, filter does this with the post patch or the yeah. post uh, the post um, boosted 
barbarian, but uh, yep. yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, the bar you can see what a bad spot the barbarian was before the recent. Uh, yeah, balance it's changes. also important to note that if the barbarian lost a single more game in its data set, it'd be in the tier below. A barbarian <laughs> is only just above thirty percent. If it lost one more game, it'd be below thirty percent. So it's scraping in only just. It's in a really bad spot yeah. right now, um, but it also did really. It really badly lost to Monk, so it did affect its win rate. But we did see data from before Monk release. The Barbarian is still not doing great. Um, the yeah. Monk did it and now no we have, favors. <laughs> <laughs> Monk did it no favors, and all the small folks running around certainly haven't helped. Um, hmm. Yeah, so then we've got our less than oh. 30s. Um, this is in no oh. particular order, because I threw them in just in the order that they came up in the tier list. Human Fighter, Human Cleric, Human Ranger, Human Necromancer, and Elf Ranger. So not even Ancestry is saving Ranger. Um, it's still doing yeah. badly. Um, and then we've got our human OG, remaining human OGs, and then the Necromancer. So, yeah, all in the dumpster, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, human Fighter, I believe, is our lowest at a 20% win rate on, on, on the dot. Nothing, just 2-0.00. Um, it's not having a fun time in the beta environment. Um I'm not sure why people play human fighter in the beta environment, to be honest. But I'm not sure why people play any humans aside from the beta classes, to be honest. I'm surprised there's even enough data for yeah. them, to be honest. But Yeah, I uh, agree. If it's beta only, unless you're just trying to level up for some reason. Yeah, uh, human clerics win rate is 24%, and that is carried by its 39% win rate against monk. Good goodness. <laughs> Claps <laughs> around the human cleric. It's doing great. Way to go. Its win rate is less than 50% against Monk, but that's still better than 24%. Um, yeah, Keeping that Ranger, Monk win rate under 80. <laughs> <laughs> uh, human Ranger is uh, 28% on the environment. Um, no, no relevant matchups are helping it keep its win rate up. It's kind of just losing to everything in the same way it does in production uh, in retail. Um, what is that? Elf, Elf Ranger was the other one that people were playing. Um, oh, it's uh, I put the Elf Ranger in the wrong tier. Its win rates are thirty five percent. All right, yeah. it's a little bit. <laughs> so the Elf Ranger does improve the Human Ranger by six seven percent. Very small sample yeah. sizes, though. This number is very prone to change. I should add. Yeah. Um, right. And then is finally, the human ne- makes ahead, sense sorry. that the elf ranger would be doing the best for as far as ancestry rangers go that makes sense to me yeah that makes it made a lot of sense to me elf was the first one i looked at when i looked at ranger um yeah yep play, play rate on small folk and half demon is too low to make any sort of assessment so maybe <clears throat> maybe they're better like we've seen that small folk and half so small folk and half demon are better for wizard and thief and cleric so they might just be better for Ranger as well, but they're not being played enough for anyone to come up with any sort of decision. And the yeah, mm-hmm. Human Necromancer has a 27% win rate. Um, it is substantially dragged down by its matchup into Monk, but it also did not have a good matchup into any other class on this patch. Um, so. Uh, so that's changed because last time you said it was like an 80-20 with yeah, the Necro, had- right? Yeah, it was doing really well into everything or really badly into everything, and now it's yep. just bad, so it's doing badly into everything and more badly into <laughs> other things. <laughs> oh, the nerfs are going to nerf. Yep. yep. So like, that nerf, I, I man. feel like, you know, after this is just the untiered section of things, so are we ready to kind of get 
into some like general thoughts before we close out this segment? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We just skip over the untiered. It's all stuff that people just aren't playing enough to come to any sort of decisions. So there doesn't it's really weird seem to be ancestry. Diamonds. Yeah. There's not weird enough ancestry combos. Yeah. Um, if I, if one, I had to take the a... ones in there that should be played more, in my opinion, not because the data says they should be played more, but because there's something could be something good there. We've got the small folk um, and elf clerics, and we have the mm-hmm. small folk and half demon rangers. They yep. probably should be played more. Then we can make decisions about them. Um, but for now, their play race is too low, so we can't make any decisions about them. And yeah, don't touch orc, ogre, or dwarf with the slower classes. And don't touch small folk, elf, or half demon with fighter is my my recommendation. Um, just makes sense. Play the ancestries the way they look on paper. Dwarf doesn't, <laughs> dwarf doesn't improve your econ. Generating a fire gem is worse for your economy. All it does is damage. Um, yeah, that's that's my take on it. Are, yeah. As we look at this. I mean, clearly we don't get the sense that, like, all is balanced and well in the realm of Thandar, right? Like, what are you guys, uh, your big takeaways? Like, obviously Monk (laughs) is savagely devastating things, but even if we were to, like, remove that from the equation, are there any any thoughts that we have about it? Or do we really just want to focus on the impact that Monk has here? Okay, well, first let me go through. Oh, no, Sandra. No, no, go ahead, because I'm going to go on a diatribe. <laughs> okay. My, yeah, mine won't be that long. Um, I, as I said earlier, I really think it's just highlighting what the strongest the strongest things you can do in Hero Realms are, which is to sacrifice or to draw. Um, and I think when you compare that drawing with some heal or the sacrifice with some healing, like it's really showing how strong that can be. The other thing that's really that's true about Thief's uh, is that they have the discard ability. And the discard ability, I think, is also one that's rather strong. And so, I, in my opinion, this this tier list is sort of a reflection of what synergizes well um, and what abilities are really good. And kind of like kind of like you were saying, Jig, like how bad the, the druid ability is earlier and things like that. Like, that's true. And some of these classes have really good abilities. And when you add that with ancestries, it's just... Um, puts a little a butane torch into the beaker um so to speak yeah. so the necromunch sort of, is even worse even worse situation though you know um, yeah yeah all right here let me go off here for a little bit all right um <laughs> go off first game. of all I, first of all first of all i just want to say filcho thanks for doing this it's really valuable it's super interesting if not a little depressing uh because <laughs> it kind of and, and you know i've I don't want to sound too pessimistic about things, and I've kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier in earlier podcasts, but the current meta feels to me like it's kind of devolving into a matchup slash market setup that determines the outcome of games. Uh, in other words, you can very quickly tell either by what matchup you end up with or what the initial markup or market is, how the game is going to turn out which to me is not a very healthy spot for the game to be in right now. This situation is what uh, inspired me to create the Hero Realms flowchart of victory, which is kind of done as a joke, which uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, I'll include a a picture of it in the show notes, but it's basically a flowchart showing which class you pick and either 
who you're facing off against or other situations that determine whether you win or lose the game. And it's overly simplified. It's kind of a joke, but there is some truth to it. Um, (laughs) And if you can simplify things to the point where you can very quickly tell the outcome of a game that early in the process, it's really not a good a good situation. And to me, this has really happened with the introduction of the uh, ancestries and the new um, the, the classes as well. The, whether it's the power creep, whether it's the highly specialized style of play, uh, we've taken a game that was already kind of paper, scissors, rock-esque in the way it was matching up, and it's become even more pronounced now, uh, which for me is kind of sapping the fun out of the game a little bit. Interesting. Uh, now, another thing is, too, we're playing, I play almost all completely in the beta queue, and I'm playing it in a time zone that probably is different than most other people. But, it, um, yeah, I, I usually end up against the same four or five people playing the same, you know, three or four classes. And it's just kind of uh, a lot of the um, intrigue and mystery of what's going to happen in a game has kind of been sapped out of it recently for me. Now, I'll... I'll end my rant by saying I haven't been playing that much. A, because I've been busy. B, because I've kind of been maybe fatigued with the game a little bit. And C, because this is one of the trends that I'm noticing. It's just not as why It's not as open as it used to be. To me, is what it seems like. All right, And the data that Filter is showing here, it kind of reinforces some of that for me. So this is kind of my big takeaway from it. So let, and, me, let and, me ask a quick question to like clarify my understanding of what you said there. So it's like before when we played it had like a paper rock scissors feel to it but paper beat rock 60 percent of the time rock still had a chance to win 40 percent of the time but now uh paper is winning like 80 percent of the time and so that's where like the the mystery has kind of taken out of it for you is that it's not where you're at it's not a new yeah. thing to this game. It's just more pronounced. It's more dramatic now. And I think the ancestries have kind of exacerbated it a bit. Um, I think my perspective on the matter is if the power levels were shrunk a little bit, because inevitably uh, what's happened in the last you know three months is we've had a ton of new content mm-hmm. um, in terms of ancestries and the new beta classes. There's so much that's been released all in one go that the thought of balance is not achievable in the short term, especially with the amount of games that's played in Hero Realms. It'd be easy to balance this game if the player population was 10 times larger um, because you get the data much quicker. And because you get the data much quicker, you'd be able to make decisions much more effectively. Um, But at the moment, I think we kind of just have to wait for things to get nerfed and balanced a bit. It's mm-hmm. clear that some of the it's clear that the small folk and the half demon ancestry are too strong. Um, it's like and, just, and the others are nerfs. too weak, right? And the other and or the other uh, classes are too weak. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not. I don't think the other ancestries are too weak. I just think the small folk and half demon are too strong. I think the other ancestries are about. I mean, that they're, they're doing better than human, but small mm-hmm. folk and half demon are doing much better than human, as opposed to just doing better than human. Um, and then we've also got the release of new beta classes, which does require tight balancing because at the end of the day, they should probably, the human beta classes right now, if they're in a healthy place, their win rate's sitting around 40% because they don't have ancestry yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They all need to be nerfed into the ground to prepare for when ancestry comes out. They should be losing to ancestry classes at the moment. And that feels terrible. But if they want to be balanced, they need to be losing to ancestry. Um, mm-hmm. 
And honestly, that's where Druid is right now. Um, mm -hmm. Druid might actually, as much as we talk crap about it all the time, it might be the most balanced beta class at the moment. Well, like yeah, Necromancer's, played... Necromancer's too bad. Barbarian was too bad. Um, but Alchemist and Bard are currently too good as well. Way so, too good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and let me just say, uh, let me just not push back a little bit. My pessimism isn't long-term pessimism. It's this current snapshot of what, where the game is now and like jumping into the queue and adding your, uh, you know, basically playing and helping to get data so they can make further changes at a certain point. It's like, all right, we kind of know what the situation is. I'm kind of tired of having my alchemist getting hammered by barbarian by turn six. So I'm just going to not play Alchemist for the time being. Just take a little break, wait for the game to uh, progress, hopefully get balanced better in the future and uh, and go from there. But like right now, it's just kind of a, it's it's a tough, muddy uh, swamp that we're in right now in terms of the balancing. But it's just part I of think, the process. Right. You know, that's <coughs> Retail is probably going to be a really good spot for a bit once Ancestry comes out because it's not having to deal with the, you know, the, the unknowns that the beta classes provide. Like, we already know what all the ancestries do. It might be a bit, it's probably going to be a bit more coin flippy than normal, but it's going to be a lovely new breath of air for a lot of those players in retail. And I think it's, once we start getting in production, the ancestries are only playing against ancestries. We'll probably all, maybe be able to get some better balancing going on there as well. That will be interesting. That will be really interesting to <laughs> yeah. see when we have more people doing it, what, what happens. Yeah. Um, and hearing what some of your thoughts were, uh, Jig, it makes me wish that we had some sort of a way to expand the way that you could uh, get games through the queue. Maybe if you could like have an automated system that would push your, your games during different times or different things like that. So you can get more of a variety. Just to There's just the not enough people. There's not enough people playing. And the other thing I noticed too, is like, yeah. um, it seems like a lot fewer people are playing recently. Maybe it's just during my time zone. Again, this is all completely yeah. anecdotal. I have no hero helper data to back this up, but games even um I, I haven't been playing that much uh, i had some business trips and i was too busy to play when i came back and even when i had a little more time i haven't been playing that much but when i do i'll still see like uh the same people. async cues just sit there without really matching up which didn't really happen before so i'm kind of noticing a drop yep. off in the number of people playing as well yeah the the thing i always wanted to do which I don't, I wouldn't be able to one because I don't have enough time and two, because I don't have the access. But the thing that I would always like, I was like daydreaming about in the beginning of hero helper was, wouldn't it be cool if I could set up a queue where I could say, I always want to have 10 async games going. So just like mm. if I finish a game, shoot out a request for another one. If I finish this shoot, out, you know what I mean? Now, if, if I was wise wizard games and I could, kind of control that and then you could maybe potentially even sync those things up for happening so i don't know they they could do better um they could release some things to to help with that i think for sure um but it would be hard it, i'm not mm -hmm. saying it would be perfect and it wouldn't be without its challenges and it, it may not be where they're they need to put their dev resources right now um, and then the second thing right. again is i'm just like super pumped for the road to 24 um seeing all this stuff and changing and and yeah even uh filter like i knew this but seeing the way that you filtered the data uh that core version number is absolutely something that i can put onto hero helper fairly easily just to say like here's a core version number these are the dates here's a core version number these are the dates and maybe make that one of my things that i'll add to the filter scheme when i finally get it released that's a really good idea though that you nice. gave me for that so that's awesome yeah 
Um, yeah, I think it's probably a good point to talk about what we just some quick thoughts because I know this podcast is getting really long at this point because um, <laughs> we haven't discussed the balance patch yet. So very quickly, um, going forward, Monk, all instances of draw from deck have been reduced by one on the skill. Um, <clears throat> so the skills that used to read draw from this get from discard or deck no longer say deck. And the skill that used to say get two from deck now says one from deck. Um, so that's what's happened to Monk. I like that this is a single factor nerf. I think Wise Wizard games have gone wrong in the past because they've looked at Druid, they've looked at Necromancer, and they've nerfed five things at the same time, and it's gone too hard too fast. Um, I like that this is a single factor nerf. We'll see how it plays out, but I think this is a good approach, and I think they've. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe if it hasn't been communicated. It hasn't really been communicated, but if this is a conscious decision they made, I like the direction they're taking. Just to nerf one thing, see what happens. Okay. Yep, yeah, that's a great, great call. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the flip side of that, Barbarian has seen a massive buff. Um, so we know it's doing pretty badly. Um, it now the max level skill on Barbarian. So this will not start affecting your games till at least level six or higher, which is most of the games we'll be playing at the moment. Um, now draws two cards. Uh, so it's a very major buff. Um, I like it from a flavor perspective. I think that while the Barbarian was drawing one card with Berserk, it felt like you just wanted to go Eternal Rage and not actually care about drawing that card because it was too much of a hassle to spend two gold to set it back down and flip it on your next turn. Um, yep. Now I like that you're encouraged to turn Rage on and off again. So it feels... Yep. It feels like Barbarian's the got a bit more yeah. feel to it, yeah. Totally agree. Um, that, being too much said, damage. that being too said, much I did look at my Barbarian data since the start of the patch. I'm currently 22 wins and one loss for Barbarian. Wow. That's <laughs> 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 since the patch. So <laughs> it's probably a bit strong. And as Jig was saying, they just need to turn some of the damage down a bit. I like the Barbarians in the spot where it is now at the skill but some of the damage in the starting deck's a bit too high. So I think they just need to lower that down, and I think we'll be in a great spot. Um, I prefer the draw two and being too strong so that we can nerf some of these upgrades a bit. That's kind of where I am. Um, Did we have any other changes in the patch? Oh, and Necromancer had one of its nerfs reverted. Um, There was a card that gave you a gold or generated a skeleton. So it initially generated one gold, generated you a skeleton. They nerfed it to be an ore, and then they reverted it back to where it was to begin with. just probably the right call. It's one of those spots yeah. where, yeah, they did like five nerfs and now they're rolling one of them back to see yeah. if yeah. it fixes and I things. Think we'll, which, I think yeah. we'll see another one reverted back at some point. But yeah, what's everyone else's? So that's that's everything from the balance patch, right? It makes me wonder if it's like less work for the devs to just do it all at once and then roll back one or two as time goes. I don't know. Seems, but then you're, seems you're taking that, two though. steps, five steps forward, and then one step back. There, there. I know. I don't see why they. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. But maybe it does if you're in the in their shoes. Yeah, it's going to get better, right? It's going to get balancing it better. It's just going to take a little time, and you kind of have to mm-hmm. kind of you know, suffer through the uh, the interim. But uh, we'll get there. You know, I, I'm not too pessimistic, and I hope <laughs> it don't sound like that. It's just right now, it just feels a little. Uh, it's it's the fun has been sapped out of the, the matchups a, a little bit for me right now, but um, okay. If, if we're going to close out the segment here, we, and we're talking the patch, we got to at least shout out noodle Tulpe who pulled off the infinite combo with King screen. Oh, 
Yeah. Which led to <laughs> one of the patch notes. So awesome here. So King Screet used to say, whenever you acquire a card this turn, pay one gold less. Well, now it says, whenever you acquire a card from the market this turn, pay one gold less. Notably, the market does not include your stack of fire gems. If you had Bard and could trigger King Screet twice, you could get infinite fire gems. And if you had Rattling Collector while you did that, you got as much damage as you were willing to click fire gems. I believe he got it up to <laughs> a thousand damage as a pile. You can search the discord for the picture. The pile of fire gems in the image goes like ridiculously high. And that was the uh, best yeah, part. Yeah. So props to him for doing that. And uh, yeah, that's my, yes, my last shout out. He, of the balance patch. he created the Burj Khalifa of fire gems <laughs> or whatever the hell it's called. It's probably not even called that. I can't. It's late. You guys. <laughs> it, it is yeah. whatever it sounds like that if it's not called that yeah all right yeah, um it was big speaking of late let's keep them rolling guys we still got uh, a quick community roundup to get through before we head into the outro so let's head in to community roundup all right boys and girls here we are in the community roundup. Uh, we're going to keep it short and sweet just because we are pushing the eight hour mark of uh, this uh, episode. Just kidding. I think, but we are getting deep into it, guys. Um, very quickly, I'm just going to start things off by saying um, that uh, King of the Castle is uh, humming along. Uh, we have uh, our own King Filtrophobe sitting atop. Castle B, he's at four wins. He's currently facing off against Phoenix 85. He's doing great. And we have King Omsk, who recently just dethroned Rucksack and is putting up a really nice defense himself. He currently stands at three wins. Um, We currently have 10 people in the sign-up list right now. We're always looking for people to sign up. It's a bunch of sharks. It's difficult. You're not going to have easy opponents in here, but it's a lot of fun to play. If you're interested, check out King of the Castle. Uh, both in the show notes and uh, on the Discord channel. Um, I also want to quickly talk, or basically give a quick plug for the Grand Joust, which is has, is making its return after one year. We had the last time we ran it was actually exactly one year ago, uh, and it is starting up again. This time, however, we are including all of the classes, including the beta classes, except Druid, uh, just to keep it <laughs> at, at equal at ten. And uh, I'm also making ancestries available for all of the uh, human or the original classes, except for wizard and thief, which I kept them at human ba- basically to help people join easier and also to give those two OP classes uh, a, a little bit of a handicap versus the weaker ones. It's not perfect, but it, it'll be an interesting way to, to run the joust. I'm going to leave the joust open probably for another week or so. By the time you hear this episode, if you're interested, please check out the link in the show notes and or Discord and join up. It's a really fun event, and I encourage you to join. That's it for me. Um, Dubs, you up next? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wanted to shout out Warden Slayer's event. He's uh, running meat. It's back on the menu. And this is after the uh, <laughs> small folk tournament. This is going to be an orc 
tournament. So check out the Discord for details on that one. As far as some actual results to get into, um, I wanted to call out the band tournament. Uh, this is event two being run by Logan K. Stewart. We've got Rucksack awaiting an opponent in the finals. He will be facing off against either Meowgan, Rip, Filterphobe, or Kaka. So uh, keep an eye out for how that event unfolds. We also had the king of some random hill. This is the balanced random script that Warden Slayer wrote. We had the finals of that. First place goes to Noodle Tupe. Second place to Double Dubs. And I actually uh, uploaded the coverage of that. I met up with uh, Noodle online. And we discussed our matchups together. We went through the replay and talked about it. It was about an hour long, and we uploaded it to the Sparks and Rec YouTube page. If you search uh, Hero Realms King, you'll find it on YouTube. It's out there. Check it out. And then Maximum Overdrive, uh, we had first place going to Kaka, and second place, <laughs> yours truly, Double Dubs. Uh Always the bridesmaid, never the bride on this episode of the podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all right, uh, you want origins, please. You want origins. Oh, yeah, that's right. Don't forget. That's right. That's right. Thank Never you, forget. thank you for the reminder, my friend. It was it was a tough stretch for me though, man. I was a little down in the dumps as I uh, also went one in six on this season of Thandar Combat League, and after six seasons of hanging out with the Firebomb fellas. I am getting relegated to um, mm. the lower division, Ooh. so I'm a little sad about that. Uh, but, you know, that's part of the event. Got to work my way back up to Firebomb if I uh, am able to do so in the next season, which is the perfect opportunity to mention that the current Thandar Combat League season is wrapping up, and you can sign up for the new one now. Head into the Discord. There's a bot command that you can run. There's a sign-up channel. Uh, give it a go. Sign up for the next season. It won't be starting for a few weeks or so. It's all vanilla matches, so it's really easy to hop into. You don't have to have like a character leveled up to a certain level or anything like that. So I think uh, we just had Filterphobe to call out one last event. Yeah. Once again, shout out to Warden Slayer. He is a fiend for events. Uh, he's doing some really great work for the community, so special shout out to you. Uh, it's his, man. It's his, his child. Um, it's the Hero Realms <laughs> Fight Club. Um, he loves his fighter, and this fighter-only tournament has reached its final stage. Um, just a few hours before recording, I beat Kaka in the semifinal. Uh, <laughs> right. On the other side of the bracket, we had the cat says meow beating Glitterfart in the other semifinal. So the cat and I are going to get that one underway. Uh, he said after he woke up in the morning, um, and yeah, then we've got Glitterfart and Kaka fighting for third place. Um, so awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, as always, guys, we have a, a community event um, summary page, both on the Realms Rising website, where you can read about and find out a whole lot more details about all the events we have. And of course, our Discord channel, too, has tons of information, uh, both in the channels, in the event list, and also just talk to people. We're so happy and friendly and very willing to explain things and talk to new players or players who have never played in 
any of these events before. So if you are feeling the itch or the urge to join by our little hesitant, take the leap and give it a try, guys. You will really enjoy it fine. It will increase your enjoyment Wait. of this game many, many fold. All right, guys, uh, let's head into the outro. Tap it or scrap it. Okay, we'll stop it there. Um, Guys, it has been a marathon session here, but a really fun one. Looking back at the show notes, we went through a lot of stuff here, guys. And like, it it didn't (laughs) help that Noodle... some ground. It didn't help that Noodle submitted like a really awesome what would you do that took up probably more discussion than than they normally do. But that's because he submitted a really awesome one, not to mention the uh, looking for lethal. But hey, guys, thanks for sticking around. And, you know, always remember, too, these podcasts are podcasts. You can listen to them at your own pace in chunks. You don't have to listen to the full eight hours in one go. Um, That being said, (laughs) let's head into our fine, our grand finale here. it's not an outro with a tap or scrap, and we're going to do it anyways, even though we're pushing, we're pushing the time here. I'll lead us out, guys. Um, let's do what, what – Dubs, you like to do scraps first and then taps, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's close it out on a good positive note with the people, man. Okay. I am going to scrap <laughs> Scrap Force for unplugging his <laughs> effing microphone halfway through a podcast recording and causing some chaos, which is going to increase my editing time by, by a bit. You just got uh, scrapped, dog. I had to scraps. pee. I'm sorry. No, yeah, you got to pee and do stuff, I but leave your microphone plugged in. Yeah, leave your mic plugged in and go do your business. Scrap your bladder. It's a bad um, choice, dude. You that's my scrap. Let's all, go through, let's all go through our scraps first, and then we can do taps. Uh, all right. Sammy, I, I gave it to you, and I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I'm not that angry about it, but it's it's a good chance to scrap. I, so I, I scrap it. Matt Jigpalinka Brooks. That's what I scrap. For what? No, why? Because oh, you're okay. too damn handsome. That's the why. Oh, it, it makes me it feel insecure, and I'm trying <laughs> to improve my self-confidence. So, No, I don't have any scraps. I'm a happy guy. What can I say? I don't know. I got right. taps. All right, cool. But no scraps. Um, Coop, let's go over to you. What, you. You got any scraps for us? Uh, my scrap is just continuing off the last one from a month ago. Uh, now that I, I've actually found a new place, moved in, um, so that's good. Um, my scrap is, uh, my scrap is having to pay rent to two rentals simultaneously for three weeks and also having two bond deposits out at the same time. So my bank account is me for a bit. (laughs) Yikes. Uh, That's that's my scrap. That sucks. But hopefully it'll be over soon and you'll be back to a single rent situation soon. it, it, It is over now. Um, so we're, we're back, we're back to healthy finance, but it was okay. looking tight for a bit. Yeah. That sucks. I feel for you, dude. Um, Chris, what, what, what can you scrap for us, bud? Uh, my scrap is the Peacock streaming service. I'm not a <laughs> fan because I don't know if you guys know this about me. Little reveal here. I enjoy the WWE. And if you want to watch the WWE events, you have to basically stream them on Peacock these days. And it has terrible features. It wasn't always on Peacock. It used to have its own network. If you are late to the event, you can't like rewind to the beginning. If you're if they already started the pay-per-view, you can't pause it. You can't fast forward to go live. So it has none of those good features. 
the VOD is not available immediately when the pay-per-view is over. You have to wait for it to be available. And then if you are watching the VOD, I have like this crummy free version and you want to find a specific wrestling match. You have to fast forward. Once you fast forward, it triggers a bunch of commercials. And if you aren't at the spot in the pay-per-view that you want to be and you fast forward again, it will make you watch more commercials. So like it just has terrible features, terrible UI. Scrap you, Peacock. How much does it cost you? Well, I have it for free through my internet, so maybe I'm just complaining oh, okay. about a free thing that I have. Okay, no, it's but my internet sucks. company, yeah, okay. gave me a free subscription to Peacock. They can right. do better. Sammy came better. up with a scrap while while listening to your Peacock story. What do you got, Sam? I have a scrap. I got in my mailbox yesterday a little gym that summoned me to jury duty. So Ooh. I am going to do jury duty for the first time in like damn near 20 years i can't complain that much because it's been a long time but uh i will be showing up uh to the courthouse to see just what happens in washington dc it'll be kind of interesting to be a juror in a big city i haven't done that before i was in my little home my little hometown before but yeah i'm not looking forward to it necessarily (laughs) just getting there is going to be not fun but yeah all right well that's 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 a great segue into my tap uh, and I, my, my tap's a two-parter. My first, the first part of my tap is Scrap Force for performing his oh. civic duties as a juror. So thank <laughs> you, my friend, for uh, upholding our civilization. Uh, uh, Double Dubs is also showing his voted sticker. So you also, my friend, are Very upholding nice. your civic duties. Another tap to you. No, but my main tap is uh, a quick shout-out to Warden Slayer, who, thanks to his recommendation, <clears throat> uh, piqued my interest in a movie called A Knight's Tale, uh, a 2001 movie star, starring Heath Ledger and some other people who I can't remember <laughs> yes. off the top of my head. I, writ- I I knew of this movie, but I'd written it off as kind of like a young romantic, uh, young adult romantic movie that I just had no interest in. It was not so. It was a very pleasant surprise. Great action, good comedy. Uh, uh, great actors. Like the cast is amazing. Um, Really enjoyed it, uh, and huge hat tip to Warden Slayer for showing me that. That's my tag. I was surprised you hadn't heard of that movie when I saw you post that. No, I heard that of it. A good one. I had heard of it, or but you I hadn't just seen it. it off. I meant, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just it. written it. Because you're a bit of a movie guy, man. I don't know if the oh, huge know, movie guy. You're, and you're that's why he guy. said he said it was one of his top three movies. And I was like, well, all right, there's got to be something there. It might be. And then I talked to him a little bit about it. I was like, all right, we'll give it. I found it for mm-hmm. 500 yen on Amazon to buy it, which is like three dollars and thirty cents. So I was like, yeah, it's. Let's give it a shot. It's worthwhile and purchase. Best yep. three bucks I spent in a while. It was awesome. Really enjoyed it. So thanks, Warren Slayer. That's my tap. All right, um, Sammy, back to you. What are you tapping? All right, my tap is a tap for Cooper, Fitzsimmons, Fitzgibbons, Fitzgerald. <laughs> my friend, when I built, when I built Hero Helper, I had this idea that I would eventually be able to like publish some dashboard or whatever and make the data kind of public and people would be able to basically do what you're doing, which is to do all this stuff. Because I know that I don't have any interest in doing all that, like the data. I really like capturing it. I like building the website. I like all that stuff. But digging in and doing the analysis is fun, but it's not like I'm not trying to do that all the time. Right. But I wanted to make it open. And uh, the fact that you're willing to come in and I could open it up to you and Mm. you're you're doing it is fantastic. And I just wanted to say thank you. That's really cool. 
Awesome. I really appreciate that. And I think it does add a lot to Mm -hmm. the podcast. So thank you for that. And I'm sure the community really appreciates it too, dude. So cool. Well, 20 million thumbs up to you. Filcher got his tab. He's, he's a, he's a cast member now, guys. He has been deputized as a member of Sparks and Rec. Dude, you rock, man. Let me, I'll just jump on top of that tab. For sure. Thanks, Filcher. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and do my tab as well because it's also Filterphobe related. And it is (laughs) baked tofu, man. That's my tab. (laughs) So I'm not a huge uh, tofu eater. I've had it a few times in my life. I've done it like uh, in a pan and a few different ways, but we're chatting on stream. He recommended green curry baked tofu. I made it at home. And really liked uh, doing it in the oven like that. Tossed it in the with some oil and seasonings. Baked it up real crispy on some parchment paper. Flipped it over. Baked the other side. Mwah, magnifique. So if you haven't tried baked tofu, give it a go. That's my time. I have a question for you. What green curry mm. did you use? Did you make it into like a curry soup or was it like a... a- flavor you added to the tofu how did this go I green green curry did, is always kind of soupy it should be anyway green it should be. yeah it, it was uh four to one ratio of coconut milk to green curry paste yeah nice yeah. And did I you just, just buy the, it i i used i used the store-bought stuff and it worked perfectly yeah, yeah. it comes in like a can like a small it almost yeah. like it was a little a jar so, yep in okay. in normal people units mm. um <laughs> i get a 200 gram can and that last two dinners um yeah yeah okay if you're not great on the spice you might want to lower that a bit um but yeah so yeah. 400 gram i use 100 grams of curry paste and 400 milliliters of coconut milk um yeah you you guys oh, might need so to get good. a translator but most most of our viewers <laughs> will know what that means yeah <laughs> nice nice i actually have this thing i have a uh this is another tap there's a cooking scale that i have and when i make bread with my break my bread maker it, you have to measure out the flour and grams and everything, and it's so much better than t- trying to do cups. I tried to do it once with cups because it gives cups too, and it, the bread didn't work at all. But <laughs> grams, grams love, are where I, it's at. I love this, but we're we're getting metric system. We're getting tofu. I can feel um, I can feel the love from Japan over here right now, guys, because we've got everything yeah. in spades there. In fact, tofu. Yes, my and my bread maker is a zarishu, which I'm pretty sure is a Japanese brand. So. More love. Wait, what? For you, wait, friend. what's your wait? What, what's the brand? Zochi Shudu. I don't freaking know. It's something <laughs> Z. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Um, who's Zochi that? Rushi. Wait, who? I, I've actually got a tap though. Uh, to wrap it down. All right, what, what's your tap? Um, so I know most people came to this game before they played Hero Realms, but I played a Magic draft for the first time uh, three weeks ago. So it was my first like proper. Uh... So I. Played Commander. Well, I've got a Commander deck, and I've been playing that for about a year now, but it's my first dive outside of Commander format. So I played with my friends, and yeah, I had a lot of fun playing another card game that, again, most people here have probably already played, but it was my first go into it. How'd you like it? Wow. Yeah, it was great. He's tapping it. A lot yeah. of fun. He's tapping it. I beat people. It was, I didn't lose all my games, so that's that all that matters. <laughs> Quite the right. competitive scene out there for it, for sure. I, I definitely prefer playing Draft to Commander, personally. Yeah, but again, it was just all with a group of friends. Um, so wasn't a store or anything like that. But yeah, it was really good. Fair enough. Yeah. Awesome. Good job, guys. Very uh, short, crisp uh, tap it or scrap it here. 
<laughs> yeah. No, I love it. There's a lot of good ones there. And to be honest, I love, this is a great way to end the episode. So, you know, anyone who's saying it goes over the long, you can stop listening anytime you want. Um, sure, I will sure. uh, start off the final countdown here just by saying thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. Uh, thank you, guys. Um, Tim is not here with us anymore, uh, but... Thank you for coming out today, Tim. I know you had to leave early. And uh, actually, it might have been a blessing in disguise to have uh, Sam Sammy's uh, microphone mishap because he was able to eject pretty easily. But thanks for coming out, as always, but buddies. Uh, Sammy and Chris, both of you guys as well, you're the best. Love podcasting with you. And Cooper, Fitzpatrick, Fitzsimmons, Fitzgerald. You are a uh, great addition to our team, man. Really grateful for all of your contributions and looking forward to the fun times ahead with you, Amigo. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for all uh, our supporters and listeners as well. Until next time, uh, let's shoot it over to Coop. Why don't you say goodbye to everybody? Yeah, thanks, listeners. Uh, it's been a great time. It's always great being on this podcast, even if this is my second time. Um, also, actually, <laughs> just one quick shout out. Uh, I got called the person from Sparks and Rec after my one go on the podcast. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, you are yeah. that now. Thanks, everyone, yeah. for listening. Um, oh. uh, what happened? You're okay. Did he? He lost his mic. Or his okay. That's oh, there we gone. go. I can still hear. <laughs> I heard go. that crap. Okay. I heard that. My, my laptop mic's connected now. My uh, Bluetooth, my Bluetooth earphones just died. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. It's as always. Um, stay fresh, cheese bags, whatever Double Dust says. <laughs> you stole my line. It's my line. All right. Big no no. Very nice. You gotta have Sammy. a good take on it. Um, Sammy, why don't you say right. good farewell? I will bid farewell to these fine folks. Thank you listeners for, uh, for tuning in and listening to us for three hours now, a little more than three hours now. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you guys want to track your stats in hero realms, go to HTTPS hero helper.com. Drop that WWW. Cause who needs that? Uh, go there, register, track your stats and, Filtro will give you awesome roundups on the aggregate stats of the community. Um, otherwise, thank you guys again. I I, I just love podding with you. You all are great. The vibes are hot. The vibes were good today. I loved it. Thank you. Tomorrow will be fun. <laughs> all right, everyone. Yeah, this has been quite the monster of an episode. I just have to tell you, like, we're like hacking segments in the background too even like i can't even imagine what this one would have been if we would have stuck with the original uh show outline that jig had so what that means though is that there is more fantastic hero realms content awaiting you super happy to have filterphobe here on the crew um appreciate all the different listeners and of course if you want even more hero realms content not only is there the YouTube channel now where you can check out my stream Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. Central, twitch.tv slash double dubs. Would love to have you there. And of course, stay fresh to all my cheese bags. Bye, everyone. We made it to the end of the show. Congratulations, you're a nerd. 
Tune into the next episode of Sparks and Recreation for more on community events, meta analysis, and everything Hero Realms.